Welcome to the Total Wealth Academy radio show, where wealth includes much more than just money. It includes family, fitness, romance, and all the other parts of a balanced life. Listen and learn how 70% of the millionaires in America made their money using real estate. Now your host, real estate investor and consultant, Steve Davis. Welcome back to the Total Wealth Academy radio show. I'm your host, Trevor Davis. And I want to start off with the show with the quote, as always, by Albert Einstein, which is, the measure of intelligence is the ability to change. And I also want to let everybody know that today is May 3rd, 2023. I'm back on live. It's been a good while, and I'm very grateful to be back. And I also want to start off one more thing. Tomorrow is May 4th. It's our spotlight event. May the 4th be with you. It is Star Wars Day. So it is a Star Wars theme for the event tomorrow. So if you're listening and you have not signed up for the spotlight tomorrow, head to TotalWealthAcademy.com forward slash spotlight. And guests, you are allowed to come out to these events one time for free. So if you have not been to one of these events before, TotalWealthAcademy.com forward slash spotlight to sign up for the spotlight event tomorrow night. It's in our office. Starts at 6.30. And wear a Star Wars costume if you got it or a Star Wars shirt if you got it. That is not required, but it will be very much appreciated because Darth Vader is going to be there. Now, we are wrapping up day two out of the four days from the Tony Robbins event that I went to back in November. And it's the five keys to asking intelligently. As... It said, and I'm reminded of this because I'm in a chair with a squeaky wheel or maybe multiple squeaky wheels, but as the saying goes, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. The wheel that doesn't squeak doesn't get grease. And maybe the comparison isn't the best for humans necessarily because we're not just talking about situations where we need truly need maintenance, like we're out of order, like a squeaky wheel, but it's the situations where... You reach out, you take action, even just to ask something from someone, not because you're entitled to it, but because you have the gall to do so, to ask the question. And the response could still be a no. You don't know what the answer is. That's why you're asking. But one of my other favorite quotes is by Wayne Gretzky, one of the best hockey players of all time. And that is, you are going to miss 100% of the shots you do not take. To not take the shot is the only guaranteed no. And like everybody else, we kind of get stuck in this mental purgatory of wondering, what's going to be the fallout of asking the question? What's going to be the fallout about if the answer is no? What's going to be the potential fallout? as it were, or not really fallout because that has a negative connotation, but what's going to happen if they say yes? You know, we get caught up in the potential results and we get caught up in these conversations in our head that 99% of the time don't even happen, to be realistic. When you're thinking about a conversation that you don't really want to happen and you're thinking about all the bad ways it can go. Have you ever been 100% correct and predicted every single thing that the person said? I doubt it because I certainly haven't succeeded in that regard. And 
it's it, is it typically that bad? It's typically not as bad as we anticipate things. We've gotten so attached to the negative experience experiences that we've had before that we start using that as our lens to look at everything else. You know, you could have had a bad experience in one city and you not only say, oh, I don't ever want to go back to that city again, but you feel like when you see that part of a different city that reminds you of that place, you start to feel a certain type of way. And as a human being, you're trying to avoid pain at all times, but it starts to get a little bit unrealistic, and it certainly starts getting in the way of our enjoyment of life itself when we're just overly anticipating negative results. So knowing that to not take the shot is missing it, let's identify then that missing the shot is the negative result. The answer that we don't want, the the no. So the no sucks, but not asking sucks just as much at the very least because we know that we're going to effectively have a no. Now, I'm not saying I'm particularly excellent at this yet, but really thinking about this page today really brings home the fact that you have to attach and create in your mind a similar, and maybe it's, maybe it's a little bit too much to say the exact same amount of pain in your head, but you have to attach a similar amount of pain to not asking as getting the no. You know, to clear your mind out by asking a question or sharing something with someone that needs to be shared, it makes your life a whole lot easier moving forward. Because the mental strain that we suffer from is whenever we're attached to things that we don't need to be attached to. You know, when you're overthinking how someone's response is going to go and you're very, very worried in anticipation of the bad things that they might say to you. Even if it's a loved one, or especially because it's a loved one. Because the most hurtful things, they don't come from strangers. You know, if you're a comedian and someone heckles you in the crowd, you you probably got a thick enough skin to throw it back at them twice as hard. But if somebody that you know and love criticizes your comedic routine, you know, that's probably going to be a little more impactful. But we don't need to be afraid of the people that care about us like that. When we know that that's how they feel, we may just have to make sure that we're explaining ourselves correctly. And yeah, I would say putting a little bit of thought into exactly what it is that we want. Not to overthink in the sense that we have to go through a very rote process of what we're going to say as we practice it 10 times, but just to specifically ask exactly what it is you want. So that's why the first of the five keys to asking intelligently is to ask specifically. You know, what what is it that you want from yourself or this person? And the specific part's very important in relationships because if you just say, oh, I want you to be nicer to me, 
I want you to be more romantic with me. I want you to listen better. I want you to be more present. You know, it's just, it's very hard for us to process that. One, because it's coming as something we could see as critique. So we want to make sure this other person is happy. So our emotions are involved because of this relationship. But then we get this very general accusation or, you know, let's not call it an accusation because that's a little too hard. But this critique, that's just too general. We have to make sure that we're getting very, very specific, and that's where most of your brain power should be going before you actually ask the question to yourself or this other person. This is the Total Wealth Academy radio show. We will be right back after the break. Stay tuned. If you have money in an IRA, 401k, or other retirement account, you can use it to invest passively in real estate without tax or penalty. Our average rate of return is three times that of the stock market and mutual funds with much less volatility. If you have over $70,000, you can start passive investing today. Please attend our free sample class to learn more. Go to TotalWealthAcademy.com. That's TotalWealthAcademy.com for reservations. Thank you. Welcome back, everybody, to the Total Wealth Academy radio show. I'm your host, Trevor Davis, lead wealth coach up here at TWA. As we just entered this section, you can call us. Just pick up the phone. It's 281-558-5738. You know, I'm talking about Tony Robbins today. I'm also open to talking about general real estate questions. I will do my best to answer you over the air. And if it requires something that's a little more serious, then you can send your email to me, trevor at totalwealthacademy.com, especially if you want to keep it anonymous. Now, second thing out of the five keys, first is to ask specifically, what is it that you are looking to get specifically? You know, it, ha- it, it becomes a little bit specific when it has to do with you yourself. What is your own definition of this type of relationship, this part of the relationship, this exact type of money that you want to get a raise for, and why. So number two, of course, ask someone who can help you. You are going to need to ask the right person. Relationships, you know, it's pretty easy in that scenario. You're probably going to talk about this with your significant other, but sometimes you should talk about your relationship with the professional if it gets to that point. And I want to kind of take that statement back because I think a lot of relationships would benefit from not looking at going into a therapist's office as a last stop before breakup or divorce. That should be something that people take seriously as a developmental step at healthy points in the relationship, the good points. Because... I've been seeing more about this online that those people that take the relationship that seriously tend to be the ones that also succeed in the long run. And like myself, like most people, it seems they want a long-term relationship and some people don't. That's perfectly fine. But I want a long-term relationship And if that's something that you want and you want to keep, having a third professional party look at some of your quote-unquote issues from an objective third-party view can be very, very constructive. 
Number three, create value for the person you're asking. And the way that these are framed has a lot to do with financial context, such as business or job. But you need to figure out how you can help the person you are asking first. If you are adding value to them, they will listen to you. And sometimes that gets a little bit tricky if it is a critiquing scenario, but you should also be remembering that they're creating value for you and you're creating value for them. So if you're talking about if this is going to be a raise, what exactly is it that's valued by you and your performance at what you're doing at your job now, at your current pay rate, that you feel does not reflect the differences that you're making and the value that you're creating. Number four, ask with focus, congruent belief. And I love this line. If you aren't convinced about what you're asking for, how can anybody else be? You know, confidence is one of the most important keys out there. And the more I've focused on that recently, the better my perception of life has gotten and my life itself has gotten. So if you're just going to be wishy-washy about everything and just half-assed about everything, people are going to know that about you. And they're going to feel a certain type of way about you that is not, it's probably not the way you want to be treated. I mean, if you see somebody going half-sees on something that you think is important, you're not going to be treating them to the best of your ability, most likely. It doesn't mean you're necessarily disrespectful, but you're probably not going to consider them to be a reliable person, somebody that you'd want to spend more time around if they're not taking what you think is important seriously. So you have to understand that the stuff you really need to ask about is the stuff that you're going to be completely believing in that you have near complete confidence in. And complete's a hard thing to get to, and I get that, but you should have this feeling when you're considering this question of extreme confidence in the result to know that this is something that you actually care about. And then number five, ask until you get what you want. Change and adjust until you achieve what you want. When you study successful people, you'll see that they kept asking, kept trying, kept changing because they knew that sooner or later they would find someone who could satisfy their needs. I would say that this step gets ignored a lot, and I also really like the way that this is reflected here. Because it's one thing to be absolutely determined on this one task and then start out, but it's another thing to be completely determined in that regard and also be determined that when that opportunity that you expected to work out doesn't work out or the second or the third or the fourth or the 10th, 20th, 50th, or 100th, you're still going to move on to the next opportunity and not get stuck on the fact that this particular one didn't work out, the timing didn't work out the way you wanted or expected, this golden opportunity that you built up in your head failed to materialize, 
and now you've lost all the wind in your sails and now you've quit and now basically you've gotten yourself psychologically back to square one, which is what am I what am I doing right now? What is my goal? Where am I at in life? I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. I don't know what to do. You have to understand that change is going to happen. Evolution is going to happen. And to be on top of that is going to be within your best interest. Ask until you get what you want means maybe you didn't ask the right way. Sometimes the timing is wrong. Sometimes you need to make a stronger case. You have to make sure, though, that you don't just quit after the first time. Because frankly, that's what most people are doing. I've quit after the first time about a lot of things. Did that end up getting me to a forward momentum that I could be proud about later or even the next day? No. We end up getting the best results from the things that we have to work our butts off for, even if that just means asking multiple times, getting over the fact that someone might be a little annoyed with you, but you have to be comfortable asking for what you want and asking if it's important to you until you make that happen. So let's go ahead and take a look at what Tony Robbins calls the period of the pyramid of mastery. And it's basically an organization of fulfillment for the human being. And it goes from the physical body, emotion and meaning, relationships, time, work, career, mission, finances to celebrate and contribute at the top. And in, in the introductory video to the free sample class, Tony Robbins talks about not being the richest person in the graveyard. And I brought this up multiple times in the past. But if you have, let's say, $50 billion, you're the richest person in the world, you're even richer than Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk, but you have no health. Your body is out the door and you can't even get up out of bed. What does it matter if you've got all this money? You know, hopefully you would be in a point where you could help and contribute to other people, even being bedridden like this. But for yourself, it's going to be pretty hard for you to enjoy this if you didn't take care of your body. Emotions and meaning, this is really the biggest thing that was going to be discussed in day three. But when we've got these inner conflicts, that's an issue of emotion. It's an issue of meaning. You know, the stuff that's ultimately going on within our heads is literally inside our heads. The experience to have a pleasant experience or a bad experience is ultimately our interpretation of events. And that's one of the hardest, that's got to be one of the top five hardest points for people to get. And that's something that's still tricky sometimes for me to accept. But you have to understand that your experience in your head is in your head.
That doesn't mean something as ridiculous as a person who's going to immediately clap back to that and say, well, what about the bad stuff that's actually happened to me? Of course, there are bad things that happen, unfortunately. But the reaction is almost always worse. To have something terrible happen to somebody and then they live an event that could have lasted minutes. They live with that for 50 years, never getting over it. Did this terrible thing happen to them over a period of 50 years? It did not. So we have to understand that we do not have to be the victims of our past negative experiences. They are not the judge of our present experience. They are not the controller of our future as long as we do not let them anymore. We're going to continue to expand on the period of mastery at the halfway point. This is the Total Wealth Academy radio show. We will be right back after the break. Stay tuned. The stock market was never designed to build wealth. It was designed to keep up with inflation. The average rate of return over the last 75 years is about 7%. You'll get that even with the ups and downs. If you want a higher rate of return and less volatility, consider real estate. We make about three times as much as the stock market. Please attend our free sample class to learn more. Go to TotalWealthAcademy.com. That is TotalWealthAcademy.com for reservations. Thank you. All right, everybody, at the halfway point with Total Wealth Academy radio show. As always, we're going to do the stock market update to give us the perspective on what three major stock indices are doing. And I'm always doing the year to date, so we can just always start from January 1st of this year to where we are now, May 3rd. And Dow Jones is the first. They have radically leaped to a year to date gain of 1.62%. SP 500 has leaped forward with 7.87%, and NASDAQ is the biggest gainer at 19.87% year to date. And my contextualization with this, and let's start with Dow Jones, is that year to date last year from all of 2022 was negative 7.55, so they're still at a loss of 5.93. SP is still at a loss of negative 8. 0.17. And even with almost 20% gain since January 1st of this year, NASDAQ is still negative 9.36. So if you had looked at the stocks January and you didn't have any NASDAQ and you were like, okay, this is kind of a bottom of the barrel, hopefully, for NASDAQ, because again, you can't really know because of insider trading and all that jazz. Then you're like, okay, I'm going to buy a bunch of NASDAQ. You know, you would have made a good 19.87%. You know, nothing, nothing to say is bad or anything, but you don't know what's going to happen as always. And for the people that were invested last year and previous years and are holding on to it, they're still in the red. And as I've talked about with the stock market, the gains that have happened after the initial COVID response. And 
I have to call it the initial COVID response because we had what most considered to be a recession right after COVID started. But my whole thing here is that this wasn't just a recession that lasted a normal amount of time and then we got back to pre-recession levels. Like, no, guys, we had a very brief recession where instead of having an extended recession like most people thought was going to happen because of COVID, everybody decided that we were going to spend all of our money. And they went out and bought a bigger house. That's why the housing market became insane, the most insane seller's market in American history. And that's why the stock markets have had their biggest gains in American history. And... As history has shown, the highest highs come with the lowest lows. And there has been nothing, not even with all of 2022 combined, that has brought us back to pre-2020 levels in the stock market and the housing market. And to continue to delude yourself into thinking that there's not going to be a recession ever again and... I guess that's a little bit harsh because no one's really saying that outright. But for perspective, what were the people saying that got their life savings taken away in 2008 and 9? What were a lot of people saying before that crash happened? Oh, it's not that big of a deal that all of these subprime mortgages are out there. That's not going to come back to bite the entire world economy in the butt or anything. And many other things of that nature. I, for one, am not going to hedge my bets on an unrealistic outlook not based on historical fact. If I know that the market goes up and it comes down, I'm going to make sure that I'm not just in the up and down of the stock market. That I'm hedging my bets on the ups and downs of the market as they will always come through an asset that will always be invested in and always be making money like real estate. So if you bought NASDAQ January 1st, you're in, you are getting almost a 21% rate of return. As always, there are going to be some times when the stock market goes up. But at what point are you going to sell it? Are you going to sell it now at the 19.87%? Are you going to hold it a little longer? Are you going to try and get 25%? 30%? Are you going to keep holding it when it starts to slow down? Are you going to keep holding it when it starts to go below 20%? At what point are you going to say, this is what I'm going to make on this particular stock portfolio, and I'm going to get out before I eat the down market and the downturn with this particular stock index? That's the other problem, because people aren't being the most responsible with their stocks. I see all the comments on stock videos on YouTube. These people are desperate to know when to buy and sell. Some people seem to do pretty okay. Not anybody I've ever met to this day. There's 
there's got to be someone if this whole machine is going to be working. You have to have enough people to support the idea that it's working. So it becomes like gambling. You know, you're trying to get as much as possible, so you hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it, and hopefully sell at the top, whatever that's going to be at that time in regards to when you bought it. If you're responsible and you made that 20%, you did pretty okay. But make sure that you're not getting greedy and you're not gambling with this money and you are buying responsibly and selling responsibly. So back to the period of ma- pyramid of mastery. Relationships are next. How are your interpersonal relations, especially with your significant other, time? You don't have unlimited time, so how are you managing it and taking advantage of it to the best of your ability to do the things that you want to really do with your time? Work, career, mission. How are you identifying the mission of what job you are at? Every single successful business has a successful mission. They're providing some good and or service that other human beings want. So those other human beings are paying cash money for that good or service. And the business makes a profit. What difference is that business making in people's lives? Finances, how are you creating financial independence for yourself? I talked about this during our Sharpen the Saw meeting today, but the reality is that most Americans have no plan. Most Americans are sort of shrugging their shoulders, I mean, literally and inside their heads at the very least, metaphorically speaking, and they're just saying, oh, I hear that the stock market is the way to go, so... My, my dad said I should invest in a 401k, so at this job, I, I get a 401k, and yeah, I saw it go down last year, but hey, they say the stock market is coming back, um, among, and amongst other signs. I mean, the, the other thing is that the International Monetary Fund has released a recent report that was quite pessimistic about world economic growth with it consistently being across the board less than 3%, with most areas being less than 2%. And they're typically not trying to make things look bad. So the person that was discussing this was saying that it's probably worse than that, which makes sense because they're trying to make it not sound as bad. They don't want to create panic and make something radical happen like the biggest stock market crash ever, which was 1929. So there's a lot of stuff out there that's becoming more and more clear as the writing on the wall for if it's going to be a bad crash, it's going to be a bad crash. And if you're not going to invest in something that makes you money in the crash, you're going to suffer through the crash. What's the plan if it's just going to be stocks? If it's just going to be the 401k simply because you go on to Fox News or 
NBC or wherever you like to get your mainstream propaganda BS. And you're going to look at these guys and say, oh, they say buy this stock or they say sell this stock. Nobody I know has gotten wealthy through doing that. But that's what most people are doing. So the financial situation is just sort of there in the background. I mean, it's not even a full thought for most Americans. It's just kind of, you know, you make enough to get by, you're, you're middle class, you have a house, it's not terrible, but there's just something there in your head that says, this is just not what I really want. Doesn't mean, Again, it doesn't mean it's bad, but that thriving part of our brain that gets to the celebrate and contribute side says, I've got to figure something else out because this is not exactly the life that I wanted. This wasn't exactly the thing that I wanted when I said I was a kid. Maybe you've got that already, and that's why you need to keep those things. But you need to identify the fact that getting financial independence makes everything else more possible for yourself and your loved ones. We'll be right back with the Total Wealth Academy radio show. I'm your host, Trevor Davis. Stay tuned for the final segment. an old joke. When is the best time to buy real estate? 20 years ago. When is the second best time? Today. And this is truer than ever with the impending recession and the correction that's going on right now. Real estate investors are going to make millions of dollars in the next few years because of the recession. You should take advantage of it as well. To find out how, please attend our free sample class to learn more. Go to TotalWealthAcademy.com. TotalWealthAcademy.com. Just click on the free sample class button. Thank you. Welcome back to the final segment of the TotalWealthAcademy.com radio show. I want to extend the invitation one more time to the Spotlight Night event tomorrow. That is Thursday, May the 4th, tomorrow at our office at 6.30 p.m. So May the 4th is Star Wars Day. So if you've got Star Wars costume or Star Wars shirt you want to wear, please do so. Not required by any means, but it would be awesome and very much appreciated. And we would love to get a picture of you and your cool Star Wars outfit. And Darth Vader will for sure be there, as well as Padme and Anakin, so you'll have some characters to take pictures with. So it's going to be a lot of fun tomorrow. Now, these seven parts of the Pyramid of Mastery are on, then put onto the Wheel of Life, where you effectively rate yourself from 0 to 10 on how successful you feel in that regard. You know, 0 to 10 for your physical body, 0 to 10 for emotions and meaning, relationships, time work, career, mission, finances, and celebrate and contribute. And you want to be brutally honest with this analysis because you want to know where you stand and how you feel about where you stand. And maybe make it more of an emotional assessment. You know, don't think about it too much, but just slam that 1 or 0 out of 10 for physical body if you don't like where you're at. That's definitely going to help you Take action, but give yourself credit where credit is due, as I talk about a lot, because you're doing a lot of things correctly. You have to hold on to doing those things correctly. Doesn't mean that you're doing it 100% perfectly necessarily, and maybe there's some ways you can improve and you should be open to that. But at the end of the day, if it ain't broke, as the saying goes, you don't need to fix it. Maybe you can optimize it. 
But don't try and beat yourself up and prioritize the things that you know need attention now. The physical body is not there. Everything else is out the door. And then the activity comes from think about one of those seven things. Which one do you want to change the most? Then what results are you committed to creating in that specific avenue out of those seven? And if you talked about finances, you'd want to create a plan that says, because this is what I did, says this amount of income next year, this amount of income four years after that, then five years after that, and five years after that, and then five years after that. So five, 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 and five. And the time is very important because with the context of procrastination, if you don't have a goal, it's just a thought, it's just a dream. And if it doesn't have a time frame, you don't have really the incentivization to take action on it. Your brain starts to feel like, oh, you could do it any time. Well, I'm going to throw another quote at you, especially a quote that I've been executing more these days than ever before. And it's, do not put off something to tomorrow which can be done today, which is by Abraham Lincoln. And this really hit home when I was kegging the beers for the Brit Fair because it was just a day where I didn't feel like doing that task at all. I didn't feel like getting my kegs out. I didn't feel like getting the fermenters out and getting the racking cane out and opening them up and pouring them in and then carbonating them and putting them in the cooler and then cleaning out the fermenters and putting everything up and cleaning up the kitchen. I didn't feel like doing it. But sorry, bub, success doesn't come from what you feel like. It comes from what you don't feel like. Your body feels like doing the things it's comfortable with and knows are easy and are not going to hurt you. Success comes from doing things that you don't feel like doing because your brain is scared of them, it's afraid of getting hurt, and it's afraid of the change. If you don't feel like doing something and you, you know you need to do it, that's the thing you need to do. Straight up. That's how you know. Then step two, you have a psychological shift in regards to this avenue. Finances, your physical body, contribute and give back. So identify exactly where you're at now. What is your income level, all things added, for the year? What are you able to save in order to translate into investments? How do you feel about your financial position? Do you feel as financially secure as you want to be? I'm going to say and guess that the answer is no. You don't feel financially secure. You feel very financially stressed. You want to do something different because you know, do you feel this way? you know that it's not working. This strategy that you've been on and this map you've been on has not worked. We're not talking about feelings as if to do, in the context of what I just said, to do something. 
We're talking about your emotional state now and your emotional assessment and logical, objective assessment, as much as you can get logical and objective about yourself, pretty dang hard, but your assessment of how you feel right now about your financial stability. If you don't feel great about it, you cannot expect to do the same thing over and over again and get a different result. And then step three, now it's time to close the gap. What is the attitude you need to cultivate first to get you into the headspace to take action on something like this? And as it turns out, it's not a huge collection of steps to really get to the success that most people want. I mean, real estate steps are not convoluted. They're really not complicated. They're pretty dang straightforward. They're... There are, of course, lots of things people can do to screw it up, which are typically pretty boneheaded, but it's a pretty straightforward process. The two things that I really wanted to cultivate were patience and the most important thing, discipline. But the patience being, and I see a lot of people in my age group, the millennial age group and younger at this point, but there's a complete lack of patience. And I'm not going to argue that that's more of a millennial thing or a Gen Z thing, but you know what? I am going to, I am going to argue that it kind of is. Let's just say for argument, it is. We want things to happen overnight. We look at people that became rap stars or super athletes and all this. And there's been people that have done stuff success gotten success rapidly throughout history but i feel like with social media and the internet we're able to see all these examples you could see hundreds of examples of this happening you know and on a planet of 8 billion people well that's still a relatively tiny that's an extremely tiny percentage and maybe that happens for you and if you're doing something that that might happen with for you, like if you're in the music industry or the sports industry, that's that's awesome. But you have to make sure that you've got the calm, steady, the turtle strategy at the race rather than the hare strategy at the race. Slow and steady wins the race. Well, yeah, sometimes it does. What What is your reliable financial strategy that's going to work no matter what you do? If you decide you want to open a restaurant, you can get real estate at the same time and you've got safety just in case you get ups and downs of the market when, let's say, the market goes down, people aren't going out to restaurants as much. It's more of a volatile industry. Real estate is not as volatile as the restaurants or the Airbnb industry or the hospitality industry. Don't avoid your passion if those are your passions, but make sure that you're being financially super intelligent and much more strategic than the average bear out there by also getting something like real estate and get real estate. It, it is the most reliable. Then the discipline, do the steps that you know when you don't know, ask the pro. So this all ties back into this. If you get insecure about asking a question like I do, just remind yourself of the fact that people love to help answer questions. I don't know anybody 
that doesn't like to answer a question. The issue kind of becomes if they're not qualified, but if you know this person is qualified, people love to be a fountain of knowledge. You are going to make someone's day potentially by asking a question on something that they're passionate about. If you want to talk about beer, I'm your guy. My goal is to open a brewery, and that's why I study beer like crazy and study it as much as I possibly can. So make sure that you're going out there and asking for the things that you want, trusting the pros, and learning from the best in regards to whatever it is you're doing. Y'all come out to the Total Wealth Academy Spotlight Night tomorrow evening at 6.30 p.m. We will see y'all tomorrow, and thank y'all very much. I'm Trevor Davis, and I will see y'all next Wednesday. Have a good one. You've been listening to the Total Wealth Academy radio show. Please remember that this show is for entertainment purposes only and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investing advice. Always get a professional opinion before making any investment decisions. To find out more about coaching and consulting at Total Wealth Academy, visit TotalWealthAcademy.com and attend one of our free sample classes on real estate investing. Thanks for listening. Have a great day.